0: for the glorious Kim. Amazing. Amazing woman. And you know what? I also, I have been um, in church ministry for a long time, and I know there's a real uh, part to play uh, that isn't always seen, but it's crucial, and if you speak, you know how crucial it is. We have Kayleen, who's part of the local church, and she does sound at the back. Would you ladies just turn around and honor this beautiful woman? I had the privilege of being at Kayleen's table, and uh, what she shared with a small group, I told her afterwards, she led the whole table. I watched this woman step out so radically in the way she shared, not just as Christians, we often are excited to share the testimony or what God has done, And we are less tentative to share what we're going through right now and what, like I spoke in the previous session, what actually is our current need or our current question or our current doubt. And this woman just knocked it out of the park (laughs) powerfully, powerfully. I want you to know that uh, the father... Invites us, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, invites us to lead out of our weakness. You know the scripture that says his strength is made perfect in our weakness? It's not just a good saying or a a, a beautiful typography that we can stick over our mirror or door or office. He actually wants to take you up on that very thing. And I want you just to even notice as on the Friday night as I shared some of my story, which would look like disqualification, which could potentially carry a level of shame or pain involved in it, that when you hand these things over to the Lord, when you give Him space both currently and in the past, when you give Him space to move on that, when you own your story, there is power and a reality to leading out of your weakness. I don't know if you realize, but I opened up by sharing the first thing, the frame of reference you had for me was my weakness. And that allowed you to lean in further as woman. It created a sense of trust between the two of us. It allowed you to open up your heart. It actually it, it causes a greater level of connection and respect. And you see often the very thing that's our weapon, the enemy will want to distort. And he will say, if you share that thing or if you let people know about that one thing, it's going to take you out Essentially, in the previous session, I was sharing about vulnerability with you. I just didn't use the word. And uh, I want you to know that that vulnerability is a weapon in your hands as women. Everything in our culture wants us as women to shut that down and to have a cupboard where we put all of our junk or loose ends and lock the door. But actually, if you will open that wide to the Father, if you will open that wide to one another, there's something so powerful that happens. It's an Isaiah 61 moment where a divine exchange takes place. You see, if you don't own your story, your story will own you. If you do not own your story, your story will own you. It's the same with vulnerability. If you don't happen to vulnerability, if you don't choose vulnerability. Vulnerability ends up choosing you. It looks like you become consumed with what's going on behind the surface, or you get distracted or shut down by the very thing if you will open it up and hand it over to the Lord. He, not, he wants not just to meet you in that place, but He wants to do a divine exchange. Isaiah 61 is such a powerful scripture. It's used for a reason because the, the Lord doesn't just want to meet you in that place. He doesn't just want you to try and find your way out of it. He actually wants to get inside. So we started off saying we're going face to face, the way up. This morning we talked about the way in, how to remain. And this afternoon we're going to share about the way out? How do I walk this out? How do I take this out? How do I practice it? And you ladies dived into it so powerfully in your small groups. I loved looking around the room and just capturing different moments, watching some tears form in eyes or some ladies reaching their hand across the table to one another, hearts being opened up and covered. It is so powerful when we come together as women and we give each other strength and courage by sharing our own vulnerability and sharing our own story. And I'm gonna talk to you uh, about John four and John seven. Today, So John 4, Jesus talks about the well. In John 7, he talks about the river. And both encounters were face-to-face with Jesus. Both of those moments, a man or a woman was face-to-face with Jesus. And I'm going to share with you about how the Father wants to call you qualified in the midst of your questions. The Father calls you qualified in the midst of your questions. That's how we can be face to face with him and go up with him and go into those places with him and go out with him because there's grace and there's space for him to engage with the reality of what's going on right now. And uh, I, I have a sense in my spirit, the Father is wanting to bring radical waves of hope to woman in the room. I had such a sense during our small group time, I was talking with my team and we had such an expectation that the Father was gonna take illegitimate responsibility Off women's lives where they thought they had to get over the pain or they had to pray their way out of a disaster, or they had to shut down because they had no other choice, because you've had series of disappointments, or whether you felt fatigued or overwhelmed. There are waves of the father's hope in the room. Today, there is a wave of the father's comfort in the room today. I'm gonna show you in John 4 and John 7 where a man, a woman and a man was face-to-face face with Jesus, and he didn't give them 10 points on how to get over it. He met them exactly where they were at. He confronted, he didn't accuse, and he covered. And when they met him face-to-face, face, they left with hope, they left with purpose, they left with an appointment. They knew that even in their questions, Even when they didn't have it all together, they knew at the end of it that they were called. You're going to leave here. The Father is here to commission us as women. You're going to leave here knowing that you're called. And that starts with owning your story and not allowing your story to own you. And uh, if you are able to, won't you just turn to John 4? I, uh, a, a little while ago, uh, I had been um, ministering uh, quite a lot. I am involved in leading, uh, helping lead our first year school of ministry. And uh, Did you all like your small group questions? Yeah. Did you dive in? I hope that it not only, you didn't have all the answers, but more than that, I hope it provoked something inside of you. I hope that it stirred up something, that going after love and engaging with Him face-to-face is not just about theology or a great message, but it actually begins, it begins a momentum in your life, that actually we're going to move from a well into a river, we're gonna move from a John four moment into a John seven moment, where if we start to take him up on who he says he is, that actually it's not a great message, I learn how do I actually make my home in the Father's love? And we realize that it's not just about ministry moments, but it's about those small insignificant times in our lives where I choose to take a bubble bath instead of choosing to rehearse my failure at work earlier that day, or I choose in that moment to call a friend and let them know about an area of shame in my life that I'm struggling with instead of going home and medicating it by watching uh, reruns of Downton Abbey. (laughs) That I actually, it looks like something. It causes a movement in our life. It's got to cause momentum in our life. And that's why I so love What Kate's created here, it's not just a time of messages or ministry moments, but as women, we want to practice this. What does it look for me in my practical life? And even there, some of you realize that the most spiritual thing you can do sometimes is take a bubble bath or pick up the phone instead of trying to medicate it or fix it, no matter how secular or how sacred or spiritual that medication might look like. And there was a moment in my life a little while ago where I had been ministering and I just didn't feel fully myself. I don't know if you have those moments where you just feel like you're moving from one thing to the next. Some of you ladies are saying, yes, Libby, that's my life. Yes, I don't just know those moments. That is how I live. And I go from one thing to the next and there's one, uh, one disaster or one moment of putting out fires to the next and uh, you can have the most incredible moments with God, but just feel the pace of life is just uh, a little bit too much. And I was in a season where that was taking place, and uh, you can all see how dramatic I am. I told you at the beginning, I was going to tell you my secrets. And I was uh, leading a meeting, and I realized as I was leading the meeting, I wasn't just, uh, as I was transitioning worship and um, uh, there was a room full of hungry men and women. It was uh, at our main campus at Bethel Church. And I was a transitioning worship. And I realized in that moment that as I was leading worship or leading the room into transitioning out of worship, that I wasn't just hearing the heartbeat of heaven. I wasn't just allowing the momentum of heaven to be released. I was operating out of my personal capacity, my personal anointing, and I felt like in that moment, I was pushing for what I felt like God wanted to do, but I wasn't resting back and allowing him to do it. I don't know if you've had those moments in business or in ministry or in family, when you feel like, woo, I'm just in overdrive at this moment, some of you are shocked. That even happens to a Bethel pastor. Yes, it does. And um, that w- that was sort of uh, what I felt was going on. No one would have known it in the room. My own husband was in the meeting, and he didn't even pick it up. I'm just super honest, and I'm done with a plastic self and playing church. And I-, I like reality. I like the robust reality of life. And so I got off the stage, and... Um, I've learned by now, instead of rehearsing over my head, I have two-minute conversation. So I pulled him uh, over to the side and said, can we chat? I just said, babe, I'm just feeling like something's a little bit off. Um, I'm not feeling myself. No one else would notice it because God did something wild. How many of you know that it's not actually... Uh, success is not about the outcome, it's actually about the heart. And so we had all of the breakthrough and the room went well, but I knew Holy Spirit and I, we are best friends and I knew with the tenderness of my heart that I wasn't operating out of rest. I was going in overdrive and I had a little chat, but we didn't have time to fully get to the end of it. And he was ministering um, at another meeting that evening. I was home alone and it had just been over a few days while I was feeling a bit off and I kept on prolonging it because I had meeting after meeting and I, I felt, you know, how I was saying to God, how do I fit in all of these uh, meetings that I know have uh, I've received requests from and emails to and I was sitting with the Lord and uh, I, I just felt this is where I have my best time with God that I was to just lie out on the carpet. So I lay out on the carpet and Worship music was playing, and I just started engaging with God, and I said, "God, I I want." to put war paint on. God, I want to go to war with you. I don't want this going on in my life. Actually, I want to break it right now. I am your warrior. I am strong for you. I'm not going to give in to what's going on around me. I'm going to break this off. God, show me the root. I'm I'm taking it down. And I, um, and I was lying on the floor, and God took me into such a, a powerful moment, and he said, Libby, my beautiful daughter, do you want me to show you the key to true authority? And so I said, yes, God, show me. I'm so hungry for this. Didn't you hear me? I said, put the war paint on me. We are taking this down. And... Uh, I could just hear the Lord's laughter. God laughs at me all the time. That's why it's true. Uh, you know, when I got you to close your eyes earlier this morning and I said, just see the smile of Jesus and ask what he loves about you today. Most of the time he says, I, I love your T-Rex hands when you speak or I, I uh, whatever. He, uh, he, he and I are close, so we, we tease and we joke together. And as well as he loves those beautiful moments that no one else notices, all the ones that are on uh, display for everyone. And in that moment, God showed me the way and he said, let me show you the way to true authority. So I said, God, I'm ready. And um, in front of me, uh, as my eyes were closed with him, I, uh, I, b- I began to feel him take me into a vision, take me into an encounter and... Um, I, I was just about to lean in, and I was just about to see what he had to do, and uh, I'm gonna just pause there and take you into another moment with God. So after I was going around and around in circles trying to fix it all, I am. Um, I said I'd pray it out, and it didn't really go too well. I was crying on the floor with the Lord, and I am uh, very extreme. I think people who change the world are often extreme. I'm not afraid of doing that. And I am I was saying, God, change me, do all these things, praying it through, and then I thought, you know, God, is it fear of man? Have you broken that off of me? And so I prayed that through, and it was about nine o'clock, and I realized I am speaking the next day. My voice is a little bit hoarse because I'm roaring in my living room. And And um, I I thought, okay, I've got to go. Let me go to the vitamin shop and get some vitamins. So I went off to the shop and um, vitamins. Americans, vitamins. And uh, I went to get some vitamins. And uh, I drove in my car and I was going, no, I'm just using Okay. And I went over to go get my vitamins. And um, I I would wipe my face because I was, crying before the Lord, and uh, I went into the store, I picked up some vitamin B and some zinc, and I I popped a a zinc lozenge in my mouth, and I'm driving my car up to Trader Joe's, God bless Trader Joe's, California, (laughs) and I was driving my car up, and uh, I started to just feel nauseous, and and that was just strange for me, and so I kept driving my car, and I thought, whoo. Uh, I'm actually feeling quite sick, so I said, okay, well, I'm in the middle of praying and being with God, so I said, okay, God, if something's coming up inside of me, I do, I come from Africa, I've done a lot of deliverance, and so I said, if something's coming up, I want it out, Lord, I want freedom at any cost, and so I'm crying, praying, saying, I just break this, I do all of these things, and um, I go into Trader Joe's, and I'm not just feeling nauseous anymore, I'm actually feeling like, oh, oh, this is not going well, I'm about to be sick, and so I run back into my car, and my first thought is, this is what it must be like when I pray for people, and they're going through deliverance, and they say that they're about to be sick everywhere, I don't know if you, I'm going there, ladies, and so I am, and uh, something, a stronghold's being broken, and it's, Coming up in them, and uh, I know that I've got to a place when I was younger. We used to have big messes where people would walk into freedom, and we used to spend a lot of time with witch doctors talking to them about Jesus and seeing them set free. And a lot of stuff would happen both physically and spiritually. And I learned that actually, I don't tolerate that. So if you're feeling nauseous or sick, actually, Jesus can take authority over it. So I'm saying to myself, just like when I pray for other people, if I'm being delivered right now of a spirit of fear. I just, I command you to, uh, you can't take over my body and make a mess, you just leave now in Jesus' name, and I'm going into, and I I get into my house, I rush up, and I, I look in the mirror, and I open my mouth, and I can see black everywhere, and I'm thinking, oh my word, this is happening, something's coming out, but then I look close, and I realize it's a shadow in my mouth, and there's nothing there, and so I'm quickly making food, I'm thinking in my head, I need to phone someone, they need to walk me through this freedom, and I, I don't know what to do, and as they engage and as they do that, I, and as I'm going through the list, I'm thinking, well, I can, um, I can phone this, fri- I can phone Mary, and then I think, oh, no, actually, she's not skilled in deliverance. She probably won't be able to walk me through. Oh, okay, I've gotta go, I've gotta phone uh, Patricia, and then I think, oh, well, she's really great at Sozo, but she's not actually really skilled in this, so I can't phone her. I think, oh, I've gotta phone my friend, Jess, and, uh, and because my other friend Haley, who's very skilled in deliverance and comes from Africa too, is preaching that night. And so I phone my friend Jess. I can't get through. She says, are you okay? And I said, well, not really, but phone me when you get a chance. I don't want to tell her over text that I think I'm uh, going through deliverance in my living room. And um, I am, I'm praying through. So all of y'all, I'm telling you this, it's extreme so that you all feel normal. And now whatever you go through, you're saying, well, if Libby went through that, I can have a panic attack and Jesus can still be my Savior and He can still use me. Okay, so you're all fine. You are normal. Everyone take a deep breath and say, I'm okay. And if I'm not okay, it's going to be okay. Yes. Yes. And so I'm cooking my food, and uh, I'm hearing the Holy Spirit laugh at me. And I think, Holy Spirit, why are you laughing at me? I am about to die. Can you not see that I am going through deliverance? You should be setting me free, not laughing at me. And I continue cooking food, and I'm praying, saying, I take authority over this thing. And um, <laughs> yes, pastors go through things too. And, uh, and then I, I pray through it again, and, um, and I just hear... Uh, the word zinc, and I think, okay, zinc, that's, and I remember, okay, I took a zinc lozenge, uh, and then I think, I don't know what that is, that's, it's it's my mind, it's playing tricks, I'm actually having a nervous breakdown right now, (laughs) and I carry on going, and um, and then I hear the laughter of the Holy Spirit again, you see, he's so real, he's so practical and involved, and I am And by this time, I'm angry. I'm like, Holy Spirit, you have no right to laugh at me. You said you love me. You promised me Romans 5.5 that you would never disappoint because of the love you've poured out in my heart, I'm disappointed now. I need deliverance. And then I'm quoting to him saying, you are close to the brokenhearted. You can't laugh at me. I'm saying to him, I, rem- I recall your word that says we'll never be put to shame. You can't laugh at me. You can't shame me right now. And I'm just being over dramatic, but he was laughing at me. And then I hear the word zinc again. And I realize, or uh, well, I have that thought, so I just Google zinc. And I'm literally now thinking I'm about to just spill out over every... If someone doesn't call me now and take this out and set me free, I am done. And, uh, and so I'm half trying to keep it in and pray and crying <laughs> I'm getting, and then typing it up. And then I look up and I type in the word zinc and I look up and one of the symptoms of taking zinc... On an empty stomach is not just severe nausea; it is full-blown vomiting. And in and at that moment, Jess gives me a call, and she is talking to me. And I tell her, um, "This is what's going on." But I think that I it might not be a fear demon. I think I might have a zinc <laughs> demon inside of me, and uh, uh, this might be a big problem. And um, And then she laughs at me and says, Libby, I take zinc every single morning. If you have it on an empty stomach, you will literally vomit. And then I can hear the Holy Spirit giggling (laughs) at me and laughing and saying, my beautiful daughter, I love how dramatic and passionate you are for freedom. But if you will simply come to me and I'm going to go back into the encounter I had on the floor. And he said, if you will allow me to show you the true way of authority, it's not introspection, it's not denial of what's happening inside of you, it's not pushing through and getting strong. If you will allow me to show you the highest way of authority, then you'll walk into freedom. And he said, I want you to take the wall paint off. I want you to allow my love to wash away the wall paint. I don't, need you to go to war for me. I am very capable of fighting on your behalf. And then he showed me in this encounter, his love, this water spilled out all over me and it washed my war paint away as beautiful as my motives were. And it washed away all the war paint I had put on for myself, for my husband, for my family, for my local church, for the global church, for my students and his water spilled out and it washed away all my wall paint and I looked up and he said this is the true way of authority and I saw Jesus on the cross and he was naked And he was bruised and he was broken and he was exposed. And he said, Libby, out of my sides, even living water pours out of that act that washes you with my love. That water is living and active. And if you will allow yourself to follow my example, if you will allow yourself, to be weak, if you will embrace your fragility, if you will let down your guard and desire to go to war, to get strong, to do enough, to go fast, to go furious for my kingdom, and you will be weak before me. You will follow my example and allow yourself to be, to give yourself permission to be broken. I want to show you the highest way of authority. And in that moment, it was like the the father invited me to step in to the brokenness of Jesus, and and he invited me into his wounds and his pain, and I stepped in, and as I stepped into his brokenness, I saw the true place of authority, and it was the man who was broken and bruised on my behalf as he said yes, and yielded to the process, holy, perfect, and blameless, still allowing and embracing his humanity, still allowing and embracing his wounds and his brokenness and his fragility. You will step into the greatest place of authority. And then the father showed me the throne room. And he showed me the one who has the name above every name, who has the greatest authority. He showed me Jesus at the right hand of the Father. And he said, if you will follow his example and you will walk through the finished work of the cross, you'd walk through it and allow yourself to be broken. I alone will resurrect, I alone will go down to allow you to come up, and I will take you, I will empower you, I will redeem, I will restore, and I will allow your story not to own you, but you to own your story, because if you will follow Jesus' model of ministry, if you will embrace the fragility of life, the brokenness, not shut it down or sideline it, but invite him into it. Invite him into that place. You will not only walk through restoration and redemption, but you will walk into a life where you can never, ever, ever be disqualified. Why? Because my perfection and being okay and having it all together was never my ticket to authority. It was never the position I needed to take to get me in the door. It was through his brokenness. It was through his body. It was through his price that as I allow him to fight for me and defend me both in the moment but also in the momentum for the rest of my life. It wasn't just a salvation moment. It was a model for how to do life for the rest of my days. And as I leant into that, I stepped in to true authority. I I have been on a season of the Father saying, Libby, will you allow yourself to be weak? And so I said, Father, what does that look like? Because I still have to carry your people and walk them out. And he said, this is what it looks like. It looks like you inviting me into the everyday moments and you understanding I'm not afraid or offended by what is going on inside of you. I am close to the brokenhearted. I'm not repelled by them. If you will understand that, then the zinc demon will not get you. And the zinc demon can be disappointment, it can be disheartenment, it can be a dream unfulfilled or a promise yet to come to pass. And if you will allow me to meet you in that place, stop fighting for yourself, stop trying to keep your head above water, if you will allow yourself to go down, if you'll invite me down into that place, I can come and get you, I can restore you, and out of that place, you can then lead. And so I've been on a journey where I'll never preach, preach and minister out of something that he isn't currently doing in my life. So preaching, ministering, releasing is at such a rapid pace being involved in a local church and a school. If I were to prepare or bring something up or gather something together every single time I preached and ministered, I would be burnt out. I would be broken. I would feel used and abused. And the father said, Libby, that's not my way. Jesus heard what I was saying. Jesus saw what I was doing, and he lived out of that place. I said, how do I do that, Lord? He said, embrace your weakness and invite me in. And I said, God, with my family, embrace your weakness and invite me in. God, where I feel disqualified, embrace your weakness and invite me in. And in that place, I will meet you in that place where you've just fought with your husband and you're about to lead a meeting and you're driving in the car and everything inside of you wants to pray your way into being okay or pray in tongues to stir up faith inside of you. He said, if you will resist that, if you will lean back. And you will invite me in and say, God, I feel so disqualified in this moment. God, I messed up. I repent. I am so sorry for over-speaking when my husband was talking to me and being short with him. I am so sorry, God. Everything in me wants to run away. But I know that you are showing me the highest way of authority. And that's going down so I can come up. God, can you come and get me? God, would you speak to me in this place and he'll meet me and say, Libby, I love how fiery and passionate you are. I love that you're willing to disagree with even the man you love the most to fight for other people's destinies. I know how much it has cost you to have a voice. I know how silenced you've been all your life and how radical the breakthrough is when you say yes to being heard and you say yes to speaking up. I know how much that's cost you, and I see you overspoke. I saw that you were shorter than you should have been. But my beautiful daughter, I know your motive. I know your heart. Let me come and cover your shame. You're going to make a change. You can always go say sorry to him. Let Let me come and meet you here. And I just sense his waterfall his living water rushing over me and pouring over me, and tears are streaming down my face because forgiveness is the most vulnerable of things, especially when we don't feel we deserve it. That is why it's so powerful, and I allow his love to come and wash over me, and he'll encounter me, and tell me who I am, and tell me that he'll preserve our connection, and he'll fight for family, and I... I get out of that car and the very thing that would have made me feel disqualified, the very thing which would make me in the past say, actually, I can't lead the meeting today, Bill. Actually, I can't speak today because I just made a mistake and I messed up or I didn't have the quiet time. I wanted to, so I can't do what you've called me to do. God says, own your story or your story will own you. And I invite him in. And then this is literally my interns know this, what I do. I get up. And as I open the meeting, I say, there are some of you in the room who feel like you have crossed a line relationally with someone. There is brokenness that some of you have experienced in family relationships. And I want you to know today, God wants to meet you in that place. He wants to speak into the motive and the place that your heart is in. He wants to restore you and cover you. And not only that, he wants to give you an instead, an Isaiah. 61 moment where you give him your shame, and he gives you joy. You give him your doubt and your brokenness, and he gives you his love and protection. And right now, if that's you, I want you to stand. And you can do that now. That's what I have done before, but this is real. And if disappointment has eaten you up, I want, you to, I want to tell you that you haven't just walked into a John 4 well, but you're about to step in to a John 7 river. He met a woman who was full of shame, and he said to her, if you will believe in me, I will cause a well of living water to arise and be created. If you will believe in me, I will do that. And in that moment, in my car, in my shame and pain, you can just close your eyes if you're standing, I invited God in and I allowed Him to create a well. I did not let go of my responsibility. I owned it and I invited Him into it. I did not deny my story. I owned it and I invited Him into it. I did not try and stay above the water and puff myself up, I allowed myself to go down and say, God, will you come and meet me in this space? He's not offended or repelled by your process. He knew what he was getting into when he chose you. And in that moment, a well, just like in John 4, a well was created because I believed him and he met me in living water, the waterfall, just like for some of you right now. You're gonna experience the waterfall of his love. You're gonna experience the well of his hope and purpose as you say, God, I wanna get real with you this afternoon. I wanna get honest with you this afternoon. This is why I'm hurting, or this is what's going on, or this is why I feel disqualified. And he comes in just like he's coming upon you right now as you stand, and he says, my beautiful daughter, This is not going to sideline you. This is going to cause a well to spring up inside of you. The reality of who I am is going to meet the reality of what you're going through. Let's get real. Let's get raw. Let's wash away the war paint and let's begin to engage. A lot of your disappointment, some of you, has come from the fact that you thought you had to protect God from your emotions or protect God for your questions. And just like the lady at the well, he went straight off and said, I know what's going on in your life. I'm not offended or repelled by it. Let me meet you in that place in a well Was built, And then right now, we just thank you that the waterfall of your love is coming upon women's heads and hearts right now, that you are meeting them. You are washing away labels and words they've placed on them. They are hearing your voice now for the first time in a long time where shame has been their leader. Love is coming in to lead them into the waters that are going to wash them clean, that are going to create a blessing slate and your waterfall your love carries with it power to restore it carries with it power to bring change and transformation and just keep standing Jesus didn't stop there and say that it would just be a well he went on from that moment and he said I'm not just going to take my people to a well where you just get to soak up the Lord's love Just right now, say this with me. God, how do you feel about my situation? You're not going to ask him how he feels about you, or he is a God who does not keep a scorecard. Your scorecard has turned into his face your survey of how well you're doing or how good you're coping with what you're going through right now. I just see the Father standing in front of some of you as women and saying, I am erasing the scorecard. I am wiping the slate clean. My face is going to be your survey. My face is going to be your scorecard. Here, how I feel about what's going on, not how I feel about how well you are measuring up or how good you are doing. You have permission to be weak in this moment because I have all the strength you need. And John 4, that moment where she met him, he takes us on and he invites us into John 7. And just like I got up on that stage where I'll get up time and time again and I'll declare what God's doing. Simply because He's doing it with me, I know He can do it with others. The well becomes a river. Some of you ladies need to know that what God is doing in you right now and what God is restoring in you right now is not just a well that's stoned up on every side for you to preserve, that you have to hang on to every ministry moment or every breakthrough. It's actually you are too amazing to just stay there and be a well. He says in John 7, he says rivers of living water will flow from within you. You will believe and then become a well, but as you receive my spirit, you will become a river. What he's done in you as you own your story and invite him in and allow him to speak and restore, the wells, the stone walls of the wells break open and they then become a river. They become a flow that begins to be released over the people around you. And as I got up in that moment of fragility, and I got up and I said, this is what the Father's doing, like He is doing right now. You're just being washed with the love and the protection and the truth of how Jesus feels about that moment. Some of you need to know God is angrier than you are about that injustice. Some of you need to know that his heart is even more broken than yours about that situation. And as you feel that Freedom comes in because you know you're not protecting God or disappointing Him. He's in it with you. He's face to face with you. He's alongside you in it. And in that moment, he says, it's not just a season of belief where you are a well and you get to store up everything I'm doing. I want to take you from John 4, ladies, and I want to take you to John 7 to become a river of living water. What was meant to take you out, your wounds and weaknesses in my hands become your weapon. And I get to say, this is what the Father's doing. This is how he's touching you right now. His love is covering you. His truth is protecting you. His voice is fighting and roaring for you. For you. Why? Because I know he's done it for me. I have literally two minutes ago experienced it myself. And then I speak that out into the room and people say, Libby, How did you know that was so prophetic? How did you read the room? I simply said, I led out of my wounds. I led out of my weakness. I allowed him to be strong for me. And if I lead out of that place, it is drenched with anointing and breakthrough and freedom because it's fresh and it's vibrant and it's full of his river. Ladies, if you're sitting right now, I just want you to stand around the women who are standing at present. Will you just move around and I want you to make sure... Your hands are on each one of them as we close. I hear the Father saying, (laughs) Who says I use perfect? people who says i use ready woman who says i use those who have it all together i want to remind you i want to remind you about a few people that i intentionally put before you i want to remind you about the ones i went out of my way to choose and use i want to remind you about rahab who was a prostitute. I wanna remind you about Jacob, who was a cheater. I wanna remind you about Peter, who was full of denial and had a terrible temper. I wanna remind you about Noah, who got drunk. I wanna remind you about Jeremiah, who was too emotional. I wanna remind you about Zacchaeus, who was too short, and Abraham, who was too old, and Lazarus, who was dead. How much faith did Lazarus have to come out of the grave? He had dead faith. Ladies who are standing in this room, If you have dead faith, it is good enough for Jesus to weep over and it is good enough for him to resurrect. He is moving stones that will not be a well. He is removing the stones of grave clothes in your life. He's removing the stones of the dead things in your life, even the wells that have been locked up, to become a river. He's removing the stone so that the river, the life of God can flow again in the name of Jesus. It can flow again in your body. It can flow again in your heart. It can flow again in your connection with Him. I hear the Father saying, I am going to fill up your well so offensively, so lavishly, so furiously You are going to get so filled up with who I am that the John 4 moments of your life, the ministry moments, are not going to become a well. I'm calling you to be woman of the river. I'm calling you to flow. And I want to just speak right now in Jesus' name, the Isaiah 61 promise. Graham Cook, who I love, says this. He says, focus on the word instead. I want to say this over you ladies, as you go out, God is causing you to be an instead woman, that instead of shame, you get his portion. Instead of disappointment, you get his love. Instead of loss, you get All of who he is instead, instead, instead. And so in Jesus' name, we say to the stones, we say to the boulders, we say to the rocks, give way because we are women who are face to face with Jesus. We are women who are those of the instead we are women where the boulder moves, the zinc demons flee. And we are women who choose to own our story before our story owns us. And we speak to the wells in women's lives right now. And we say permission for you, Father, to cause them to become rivers of living water to cause them to become those that are full of life. God, we want to be women who are less body conscious, less conscious of our own bodies, and we want to be women who are so conscious of your body, so conscious of your brokenness that we have permission to feel that too, so conscious of your victory that we have permission to walk out of the valley instead. And just for one second, I just want you, I'll give you two, to speak over the ladies your hands are on. And I want you just to say, situation that is a well, I call you to become a river in the name of Jesus. Situation that's a valley, I call you to become a victory in the name of Jesus. Just for two minutes, will you speak that out over them? We say no woman left behind today, no woman left behind in our midst, and we speak the grace of God of the Isaiah 61 promise that these are women of the instead. These are women who are going to own their story. We are women that are going to move from a John 4 well to a John 7 river. We say stones roll away and it's time to flow again. It's time for weakness to become our normal so that strength is not an achievement, but strength is what we live and breathe because we make room for him to come and get us. I wonder if you just put your hands on your heart. Kate started this time like that, and so we're going to end this time like this or this portion. I want you just to close your eyes. And I want to speak over you. I bless you to know that you are not a spectator. But I bless you to know that in your valleys and victories, in your weaknesses and strengths, You have a part that he plucked you out of eternity. He pulled you out of heaven for a significant time. He placed you specifically in this city, in this day, in your family amongst these women for a purpose. I bless you to know that it is your time to allow weakness to become your weapon. I bless you to know the way up, the way in, and the way out. I bless you to know that he wants to make the stony places of your life a well. And he wants to make the well a river. I bless you to know that he is so enamored with you that he wants to make you look like a genius every single time as you open up and give him space to move. I bless you to know the sweet victory of being fought for and protected by him and allowing him to move and to speak. And I bless you to allow him to wash the wall paint I I bless you to allow him and his love to wash the war paint off of you this afternoon and walk the highest road of authority in his weakness, in your weakness, his strength is made perfect, amen, 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 well done ladies, well done, you did it, yes, you can give yourselves a hand too. Why don't you turn to the lady next to you and say to them, you look more beautiful now than when we started. (laughs) Woo! You did it. And then turn to your second choice, the other lady. I'm just teasing you. I'm just getting you to laugh. And tell them you did it. It's okay not to be okay because he's got you. Yeah. Ladies, we're going to transition in. Kate just asked me to share with you. We're going to transition straight into our small group times. We have such a a powerful thing that they've set up for you. Uh, We are going to invite you after you've had uh, your time with your small groups to come back into this space, and we're going to have a time of ending in victory as we move from the rocks to the well to the river, and we're going to celebrate. And what my team and I have done is. Uh, I have my interns who will be uh, on, on this side of the room, and they have set up a station where we actively want to not just preach about it, but we want to do it. Um, they're going to set up a station where you're going to have a moment where you get to engage with God's living water. If disappointment and pain has been your normal and you're trusting God for a breakthrough today, I want to invite you to that space. The um the team there will be, they have got buckets of water And they want to wash your feet. We had a picture of Jesus coming to wash off disappointment, even leadership wounds, wash off areas of brokenness. And not just wash it away, but in his living water is life and the answer. And you will receive, you're going to receive from the Father as he washes away the war paint. You're going to receive authority and fresh hope again. And it's our honor to serve you and bless you in that way. Um, So that will be During worship, is there anything else that I should announce, Kate? Okay, beautiful. Go have a wild time with the wild ladies that are next to you. Amen.